know, Randy, when I was doing research on you, I saw you've both been a mentor to a lot of people, but also a mentee to some really famous legends. You actually put Bill Campbell on the list. And I had read The Trillion Dollar Coach. What was that like? And how do you get the most out of a mentee-mentorship relationship? Yeah, so I've been fortunate to have some great ones. Bill, Greg Brown, who's currently CEO of Motorola Solutions, Bob Reynolds, CEO of Putnam, Jack Connors, who's a kind of long-time Boston legend. A lot of people say, how do you get them? So true story, within Trillion Dollar Coach, Phil Schiller, who's longtime Apple executive, tells a story about going to Mary Ann's, which is a dive bar by Boston College. So we're there with Phil, me, John Clavin, Peter Bell. Peter probably introduced me to, to Bill, um, Jay and Mikey Hogue. And we're at this dive bar and we kind of met up and kind of one thing leads to another. And I you know, make the ask to say, you know, I, was, uh, I think I was at HP at the time, obviously just decent exec, you know, would you mind, uh, you know, mentoring me, you know, at the bar, obviously somebody's not going to say no. Similar situation, Greg Brown. Wait, I got to pause you there. So you literally were at the bar and you're like, hey, I'm yeah. looking for a coach. Do you want to be my coach or yeah. mentor? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you got you to seize the opportunity, right? I mean, yeah. If you're trying to know, I'm going to send an email, you're going to say no, but just like with me or you, right? If somebody's, you're out at the bar and there's somebody young up and coming and hey, you know, of course, I'm going to say yes, right? If somebody tries to get me in, you know, calls me out of the blue or whatever, I'm going to probably, you know, probably say no or, or not pick up. Hi, I'm Ted Blosser, CEO and co-founder of WorkRamp, where we're redefining the corporate learning space with the world's first all-in-one learning cloud for employee and customer learning. Welcome to the Learn Podcast, where we learn from the biggest leaders in SaaS and hear what makes them successful. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, super excited to have you back today. We are delighted to have on our guest, Randy Seidel, founder of the sales community, board member to many high-tech companies and venture investor. Randy, we're so excited to have you here. Let's kick off the show with my first question. All right, let's go. Tell us a little bit about your background, cliff notes on your illustrious career to date. All right. My proudest moment is uh, probably starting off at EMC. I was actually at the time what was called a telemarketer, which now would be called the SDR or a BDR. We actually did raw, raw cold calling, which I think is just a fantastic skill that used not only in 1985 when I was there or uh, when I was an uh, executive at uh, HP running a, a big business. So definitely a great skill. Was fortunate enough to uh, be at EMC early on, was there for, I guess, 85, 96, about 11 years. Uh, did a bunch of different sales and marketing jobs, including started starting and running the UK, starting and running um, Australasia, East for Sales, West for Sales, some marketing groups, North America. So definitely a great time, great company. Uh, then went to uh, Workgroup Solutions, which is a VAR. We sold to Advisex. Uh, then did some uh, earlier stage companies you would not have heard of. Uh, Permabit as a uh, CEO, uh, Giant Loop as a uh, founder, kind of during the Y2K days. Then ended up at uh, Storage Tech, uh, running the East Coast for sales. Sun bought Storage Tech, ran a financial services vertical, then ran North America. And at the time Oracle was buying Sunny, you could tell it was probably going to be a bit of a train wreck. So unfortunately enough, uh, Mark Hurd and Dave Donatelli hired me over at HP and I uh, was able to run the uh, America's business and the uh, U.S. business. So kind of the, the the big job there was, I guess, about uh, $9 billion of revenue and uh, 4,000 people. I would argue uh, doing any of the earlier smaller stage companies is 
uh, probably a lot harder than the, the big company gigs, but they're definitely all have their uh, pluses and their minuses. I was a huge fan of Mark Hurd, the late Mark Hurd. How is it like working for him? I'm very curious. He's, yeah, great. So, you know, notwithstanding the personal issues that you know, people may be familiar with, but uh, it was kind of talking about getting ready for the big game or the Super Bowl. We'd be doing, uh, you know, get ready for QBR, staying up. And I'd have uh, uh, my team, uh, Linda Williams, and then Dave Donatelli would be doing his uh, you know, Mark impersonation with the, okay, Randy, you know, <laughs> asking about you know, market share and growth and numbers and all that. So, you know, that was always an, just a great experience. And uh, I was amazed by uh, peers that I had who would, would try and fake an answer. So if I didn't know, I'd say, I don't know. And, you know, for, fortunately enough, the uh, n- numbers were good. Uh, uh, most of the time I had great people and great team. And uh, he was always, uh, always willing to help. Uh, one uh, funny side story was uh, I remember I came back over uh, Thanksgiving, called Dave Donatelli, who I was working for at the time. And I said, hey, you know, HP has this thing where we got to take off for uh, you know a week during Christmas. He said, what do you think we should do? I'm like, no way we should do it. People want to take vacation time, fine, but I'm not going to kick them out of the office. So <laughs> uh, uh, we ended up doing that. And I uh, was uh, privileged enough to have weekly call, uh, I'm sorry, daily calls with Mark where wow. we go through kind of what happened and what was the business, but it was basically him getting his fix because I was basically the only exec in the company. It was, it was actually working, but uh, anyway, great person all around, very engaging, very customer centric, and uh, certainly learned a lot from him. Well, let, let's go back to some business topics here on your career at EMC and HP, which you were just talking about. And I, you know, I started my career in Cisco, and they used to tell me stories about how they would literally be standing next to the fax machine. This is kind of during the Y2K era, just like literally collecting orders. And and the, just the market was was just booming. And you built your built your sales career during the '90s, 2000s, and just really climbed the career ladder. What advice would you give to the audience in terms of the sales team members who want to build an outstanding career in sales leadership? What did you learn during those decades of of leader climbing the ranks, carrying a bag, and becoming the great leader you became? Great. Question. I don't, know, I don't know how many days you have, but um, uh, anyway, I guess in summary, a, a few points. I think um, just kind of being a, a good person and authentic, which may, may sound kind of corny, but that means you know for customers, I've been you know privileged with sales community. Have you know got you know huge uh, you know very large advisory board, strong customer relationships, partner relationships. But it's basically because you're always there for people. So whether it's a customer, it's a partner, somebody that's a peer, just kind of, you know, general kind of helping out uh, is, is always a good thing. Um, you know, if it's a Friday night or weekend and the shit's hitting the fan, you know, are you going to be somebody at their call that they're going to call? Are you going to take their call? Are you going to make sure that you can, uh, you know, help? You know, fortunately these days things don't break and you don't have pissed off customers like, like we uh, used to uh, grow up with. Uh, I think also being a uh, kind of sponge for learning, which uh, I think these days the younger generation kind of just doesn't have. They think they're, you know, you know what doesn't uh, doesn't stink and just don't have that appetite to to learn and grow, uh, do everything like that. Uh, another point would be, I think, just raw, just, you know, work work ethic, you know, in this kind of goofy culture. And, you know, I can be in the office, I work from home or, you know, whatever, you know, 
resort location. I mean, you got to be out there. You have to be grinding. You got to be putting, you know, putting up the numbers around kind of hours and proposals. And yeah, you have to have the right sales methodologies and everything else. But it's just amazing how, um, you know, sloppy, for lack of better words, I think a lot of, uh, you know, sales teams and sales leadership uh, have, have really become over the years. Uh, I had a coffee this morning with a John McMahon, you may be uh, familiar with uh, kind of the father, godfather of medic, med, med pick, and has gone on to do some kind of amazing boards and, you know, amazing with the industry. And uh, actually, I have it, cause it just handy. I'll give him a plug. But, you know, fantastic book that really goes through the journey of kind of, uh, you know, a, a train wreck of a QBR and then kind of coaching and development, what happens on the back end in terms of the, the reps doing well. But a lot of these things, I would say it's really kind of just sales leadership saying, what are you doing to help? What are you doing to give advice and to coach? You know, go go on friggin' sales calls. Don't do just Zooms. Have those relationships kind of make it happen. So those are a few things. And I, I could go on uh, for, for a lot longer. Sure. I love that attitude. I'm actually curious. So when, when I was at Cisco, I, I looked up the career ladder. I was like, how the hell would I ever get there? I was a little peon account executive at the time. And you really admired these executives. They're like, man, that will take me two or three decades. Do you think it's more around for, for sales rep right now or sales manager? Is it all about performance? Would you say, Hey, your number one thing is performance. Or would you say, Hey, take a balanced approach to this. It's effort, performance, attitude. What, what's the best way to climb that ladder as quickly as possible? And I think you're also getting at it as like, there's no shortcuts, right? It's like, yeah. you can't fake your way there. Um, what, what's your advice on like, uh, tangible things we can do to climb that ladder? Yeah. So I would say it may sound goofy, but to me, if you were to kind of stack rank all the different criteria, performance would be the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue it's a kind of, what are the behaviors that you're doing? You, you know, talk about the attitude. What are you doing to get, give back? What are best practices that you have that you're helping out others with? And by example, if you do all that, yeah, you're going to sell a lot. But you could have somebody who maybe just got one or two Bluebird deals in, has a great number and think, hey, I'm fantastic. I would argue that person could deserve to go on a performance plan. God forbid anybody does a performance plan these days. They'd rather just do layoffs and hide behind the fact that somebody sucks. But, um, you know, go ahead and actually, you know, kind of give give the real feedback and make it happen in terms of, you know, what are those things that people can do and should do uh, different and better. Love that. Let's, let's switch to a slightly different topic, which is around mentorship. And so, um, you know, Randy, when I was doing research on you, I saw you've both been a mentor to a lot of people, but also a mentee to some really famous legends. You actually put Bill Campbell on the list and I had read the trillion dollar coach and I, I didn't even know about him until he passed away. And, um, I'm very curious as in a, maybe I'll ask this on both ends yeah. as a mentee. So when he was coaching you or when you had your, I'd love to hear about what the actual experience was like. What, what was that like? And what is it like being a mentee? How do you get the most out of a mentee mentorship relationship? Maybe, maybe use Bill or another, maybe another one of your great coaches as an example. Yeah. So I've been fortunate to have some great ones, Bill, uh, Greg Brown, uh, who's currently CEO of Motorola Solutions, Bill, um, Bill Campbell, obviously mentioned, uh, Bob Reynolds, CEO of Putnam, Jack Connors, who's a kind of long, long time uh, Boston legend. And uh, a lot of people say, how do you get them? So t- true story within Trillion Dollar Coach, uh, Phil Schiller, who's longtime uh, Apple executive, tells a story about going to Marianne's, which is a dive bar by Boston College. So we're there with Phil, me, 
John Clavin, Peter Bell. Uh, Peter probably introduced me to, to Bill, um, Jay and Mikey Hogue. And we're at this dive bar and we kind of met up and kind of one thing leads to another. And I, you know, make the ask to say, you know, I was the, I think I was at HP at the time, obviously de- decent exec, you know, would you mind, uh, you know, mentoring me, you know, at the bar, obviously somebody's not going to say no. Similar situation, Greg Brown, uh, his son. Wait, so you, wait, I got to pause you there. So you literally were at the bar and you're like, Hey, I'm yeah. looking for a coach. Do you want to be my coach or yeah. mentor? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you got to, you got to seize the opportunity, right? I mean, yeah. if you're trying to know, I'm going to send an email, you're going to say no, but just like with me or you, right? If somebody's, you're out at the bar and there's somebody young up and coming and hey, you know, of course I'm going to say yes, right? If somebody tries to get me in, you know, calls me out of the blue or whatever, I'm going to probably, you know, probably say no or, or, or not pick up. Uh, and then same thing happened. Greg Brown, his son uh, actually had been in uh, uh, Peter Bell and uh, John Clavin's class. He said, hey, can I choose my dad, Greg? You know, Bob, one thing led to another. And I said, hey, same thing. You know, can I uh, yeah, mentor under you? So that's kind of the how, how you can get some really good ones. And then in terms of the process, uh, you know, a lot of different things you can do. And uh, obviously Google search, what I always found valuable was uh, to meet with them and then kind of have a bunch of questions kind of already uh, kind of written out, what, you know, what do you want to ask about? And then a lot of times for people that I mentor, or I know when they would mentor me, um, you know, they would, a lot of times the mentor gets as much out, as much out of it uh, as the mentee does, if that makes sense. And then I would always send them a follow-up to say, hey, enjoyed uh, meeting with you. Here's my takeaways, blah, blah, blah. And then when we do the following one, you know, maybe once a quarter, then you say, hey, just as a recap, here's what we talked about last time. Here's what I want to talk about this time. So for them, they're like, wow, you're thoughtful. You take the time to recap. You're telling me. So you're putting energy into this. I'm going to reciprocate with giving you some good energy as well. And obviously lots of good uh, side benefits as well. I love that. So maybe your main point is you you kind of get out of it what you put in. And you exactly. were literally sending, it's almost like a sales call where you're yeah. literally sending them the agenda, confirming this is what I want to talk about. You talk about take notes, send a follow-up. And then do it all over again in your next meeting to make it worthwhile for you. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. And it just, you know, analogous today, it doesn't happen as often as it should. But, you know, prompt recap notes is also something of a hot button of mine, which I'd say is in the laundry list of things that are in the you know lost art of, uh, of sales. <laughs> Actually, really like that. I just took on uh, the the board here at WorkRamp. Uh, recommended getting coaching um, is about uh, nine months ago, just to really improve business performance. And and you're right, the, the sessions I've had with my coach is great. Uh, shout out to Amy Bugler. Uh, but when right I meet with her, yeah, when I meet with her, the meetings that are most productive are the ones I prep for. I oh. have the questions. I send them ahead of times. I've had plenty where as a CEO, I'm just like, you know, I'm moving meeting to meeting and I just show up and she's kind of like, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> what do you get? What, what's on your mind? And those have been probably the least productive, most awkward conversations. But when you have a structure, structure agenda, um, it's key. Uh, I'm going to fast forward uh, from your career into, uh, sorry, your, your tech career into building, building the community you've built. Tell us a little about the community you've built. Um, I love to do a deeper dive into um, um, how you actually built this community as well, too. So tell us a little about it. Yeah. So uh, 
P Peter Bell, a uh, very good friend, uh, successful tech exec and in investor has uh, Amity Ventures. So anybody, anybody interested in investing, definitely recommend uh, Amity. But um, it was the beginning of COVID. Everybody take a step back and said, what do I like? What am, what am I good at? And he said, hey, Randy, you've been doing all this consulting, advising, board work for the tech companies, really leveraging CIOs, CTOs, other joint go-to-market uh, you know, relationships, you know, the, the, the CROs are really the ones that you know the best. Why don't you figure out something to do around that? I'm like, wow, that's a pretty cool idea. And then I talked to, uh, and I probably two, 300 of them during the course of uh, whatever year that was of uh, summer COVID and decided to say, okay, let me come up with a uh, community. And originally thought it was going to be more of a kind of individual contributor. And then I, I found out there's, you know, a lot of different kind of chat rooms and sites and things like that. But kind of as as things have uh, progressed here, um, you know, really being more you know CRO centric. There's probably some other ones that are out there, but at least kind of my circle of folks and friends uh, really are not part of any you know CRO you know higher level higher end type community. So fortunate enough right now, uh, anybody can go to salescommunity.com. If I give a shameless plug, you can go uh, click on Winter Free. You get a free year membership. I've got an advisory board of uh, now I think it's just over 550, which may be a, a bit excessive. Uh, you know, 97 or 98 percent of them, I'd say, you know, I know well, friends with, worked with, and um, you're kind of working on some different programming that we can do, kind of going forward now post COVID. Uh, realistically, full expectations are there's really no expectations, but they're able to network, get invited to some cool exec uh, only invite events. Uh, we did a great CRO uh, uh, Zoom, Zoom invite only event with the Alexander Group last week, who's one of the sponsors of uh, Sales Community. We did a, um, a face to face in uh, January with a couple dozen really strong CROs uh, in uh, Beaver Creek. So it was like a Monday to a Thursday. So a lot of times, you know, people try to get a half hour with them is impossible, let alone getting, you know, four days. And, um, you know, that was just a, a wonderful experience. So probably for the first time in my life, um, I don't really have a full disclosure. I don't have a good vision, don't really know where, uh, where, where the puck is going, but we kind of figure out product market fit. Uh, but the thing I've really learned is the whole kind of sales tech stack is fascinating. And one of the huge takeaways from um, the off, uh, CR offsite we did in, in Beaver Creek was really, you know, just this kind of tech stack and just, you know, how massive and what a leverage point it is. There's companies, not to name names, who have, you know, way too many tools, spending way too much, not getting value out of it. And there's ones on the other side who really don't have much of anything, definitely, you know, are not getting any value out of it. So working with some different companies to say, okay, you know, how can we kind of provide services and add value to those CROs? So you're kind of looking out, you know, through the front windshield as opposed to just through the uh, kind of rear view mirror, if that makes sense. Well, we won't do a QBR on your strategy for for uh, your community, but but it's impressive. You have sponsors like Gong Outreach, and I loved your 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 stat line of over five hundred billion in annual quota. That's like uh, assets it's under management. Like that, that's old. Yeah, I was actually oh, just much higher now. Yeah, yeah, it's probably. We're going to have the U U.S. GDP under there soon, uh, which will, which will be great on the community front. If you had to give one piece of advice to running a great community. What would that be? And it could be content, could be anything. What would that be? Uh, great members. Great members. I love that. So the quality of the members build the the back quality. of the community. Yeah. They have to love add value. I think they've got to be substantial. They have to be good. 
And, uh, you know, we've got, you know, fortunate enough with our uh, advisory board to have, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of strong, uh, a lot of strong folks there. And then also we've done our own podcast. I think we've done 115 or so. Uh, we have coming up, uh, depending when this airs, sorry. Uh, you know, Mark Stevenson is a great CRO is, uh, doing a topic tomorrow on ours. It's called Tech Sales Insights around, uh, your, your ICP. We have Lisa Pope, uh, talking about how, uh, ERP has evolved next Tuesday. Uh, John McMahon, who I had mentioned before, he's going to be on, I think, in uh, two weeks. So, you know, that'll be great. And we're actually booked out the next, uh, I think, close to two, two and a half uh, years or so every, every week, except for holiday weeks. That's, that's crazy. You're, 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 uh, you're leading the charge here. We'll, we'll have to copy how well you're doing and uh, follow, follow your lead here. Let me go back to, um, let me go back to the career journey really quick, because it's a really good segue in terms of you've, built this um, uh, community up, but you also have this illustrious sales career and a lot of stuff in between. And maybe it's a, a function of the market today, but I think yeah. a lot of people are questioning, hey, do I keep climbing the career ladder literally into retirement, right? Yeah. Be a CRO, be the top of the mountain, or do I kind of jump ship early and go down and let's call it a windier path, uh, be it building a community, being a consultant, being a fractional CRO, do you have any advice? Do people come to you on like, hey, what should I do with my career? Let's say if they're in the middle innings of their career and they hit yep. this crossroads, what's your advice these days to people who are are making those decisions? So my generic advice, if somebody say, hey, I want to talk to you about my career without even them knowing where they're at, I just say, first thing is grass is not always greener. So people will, you know, you know, they, they'll, a lot of different perspectives, right? But you say, okay, well, you know, why are you looking? What's wrong where you're at? And then 90% of the time, you got to kind of give them a slap across the head to say, okay, well, so it's really not that bad. What do you think about it? You have to prove yourself. You have to go somewhere else. Your kind of life balance may be out of whack. You know, who knows if you're going to be the uh, last one in and the first one out. So my first thing is the grass is not always greener. And then uh, a few different perspectives. If you're in leadership, um, they're certainly great. I um, spoke at a uh, sales class yesterday at University of Alabama, along with uh, uh, Tom Fryer, who's VMware, Jay Safanik, who's uh, HDS, and Ken Doherty, who's a Dell. And uh, you know, one of the things that came up, you know, being leadership or just being a rep, and this is MBAs, and you know, they think they're big deals. And you know, one of them told me, "Well, yeah, I, I don't want to do cold calls." You know what? You know, you know, I told them, but I said, hey, you know, being a, uh, you know, kind of rep, full time rep can be a great job. You can make great money. You got great life balance. You don't have to deal with all the all the different headaches. And you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're you know single and by yourself versus you have uh, four kids or 10 kids or, you know, whatever it is, you know, life's a little bit more complicated. So uh, there's certainly balance between leadership and being an individual contributor. And then a lot of times I've been uh, very fortunate that the kind of consulting advising has worked out well, but a lot of times people will leave companies and they think, oh, I had a relationship with this company, that company, but more times than not, it's really they had the relationship because of the business card, the company that they work for, not really because of them. So I say, take a look in the mirror and say, are those relationships really because of you or is it really because of the company? If it's because of the company, you know, it's going to be you know, a lot harder. And if you do want to try and do something on your own or advising or community, whatever, you know, just think about, you know, what's the value prop? Assume you want to make some money. Why is somebody going to pay you? How much do you think you get, you can make doing it? And instead of just kind of quitting and going all in, maybe you can try and do a little partial thing to see how do you like it and, and do people like you. 
the majority of the time, do you see people go back to, let's say, carrying a bag, a typical job, or do you see more often than not, they actually do take the leap of the people that come to you getting that advice? Yeah, it's, it's really mixed. And I also do another thing, I'd say generationally. I mean, when I grew up, you had to stay at a company for five years at a, at a whack, if not more. And if you didn't, yeah. something was wrong with you. You know, th these days, if it's okay to say with your generation, I mean, you can do a different company every year. So these people are trying to overthink it. I'm like, who cares? Give it a If you want to try it, go try it. It doesn't matter because you can still get hired another year, which is crazy. So, <laughs> you know, go, go try it and, and see what happens. That's right. Don't worry. I, I make fun of the, ne the next generations all the time too. So we just pass yeah. it, pass it downhill. So uh, that's awesome. Well, let's do this. Let's we're, we're coming towards the end here. I want to jump into the learn rapid fire round. This All is right. a rapid fire round where I'll give you a question. Give us a one to two line answer for each All of right. them. It's really fun to see uh, what's top of mind for each of you. So uh, first one, who have you learned the most from in life? Oh, geez. You, th you had to throw in the life thing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to bre break your rules, but, uh, early on at EMC, uh, uh, Dickie and Roger Marino were just amazing leaders in kind of all, all kinds of ways. And, uh, later on, as I, as I mentioned, uh, you know, Bill Campbell and Greg Brown have been, uh, you know, amazing, not just professionally, but personally as well. Also Bob Reynolds and I could keep going. I'm going to stop. Okay. Those are, those are good. I love those names. Uh, I wish I could meet some of those people in the future. Those are such big names. That's awesome. All right, next one. What is one, and it can't be yours, one podcast, book, blog, et cetera, that you've learned the most from? Well, since, since I just read, I'm, I'm going to plug John. So oh, I, I, nice. I, I know he also has a podcast, but I mean, it's, it's, I'll just play it again. I mean, just the whole process around the QBRs and the people and some idiotic things. He goes through this kind of, Great, great storyline. It just really, really such a great piece that is represents reality so much. Well, we just rolled out Medic here at Warcramp. So ex excited that you, you pulled me, that don't, out. Don't forget, don't forget the paper, MedPick. Oh, MedPick. That's right. Got to do MedPick. Okay. There you go. It's all about okay. getting, you can do all that other stuff, but if you don't know how you can get the paper, you know, you don't know what paper is these days probably, but that's, that's an order. <laughs> so what actually, I can get the order. The, the other D is for DocuSign. You know that, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is one topic or area you're trying to learn more about in the, or you like to learn more about in the future you haven't had time for, but it's on that back burner? Ooh, I guess I'm kind of real time just with the whole kind of sales tech stack is, uh, is, is probably one. Okay. I like that. Any tools in particular that, that you want to call out that you're interested in? You haven't been able to get your hands on? Oh, uh, yeah. Now you're going to, yeah. Now you got to be careful. I'm, uh, you, you'd, you'd mentioned Gong. So that, that that's uh, one I'll, I'll mention. And uh, it's it just fascinating. If you think, if I think back to, you know, the old days, probably before you were born, but you had SAP, you had Informix, you had Sybase, you had SAP, you had Oracle, you had PeopleSoft, all these kind of ERP vendors, which at one time were probably almost all similar sizes. And then you had kind of, Oracle kind of SAP kind of emerges kind of then the go-to leaders. But to me, I think that's probably the evolution that, that's really going to happen because Sierra, you can't afford to have all these kind of nuts and bolts tools and everything else. You got to have kind of one platform. And it's amazing that, you know, on one perspective, Salesforce basically had it and they basically, you know, have given it up. So between, uh, you know, Gong and others, it'll be interesting to see how the, how the space evolves. 
Yeah, we're super excited to, to watch that. We're a big believer of uh, bundling as well. That's it's a big part of our strategy. All right, I'm going to ask you two more questions. This one is going to be, if you can meet from and learn from one person, either alive or uh, deceased, someone even in the, in the past, who would you want to learn from if you could choose some person? Uh, I think Winston Churchill would be awesome. Just his uh, you know, leadership and... Yeah, a lot of that old school, and yeah, I, I probably need to be more uh, more new school, maybe. But um, yeah, I think lots of great attributes there. No, that's a great one. One of our previous guests, I think, had uh, uh, Aristotle. So, um, so, so you're not going that far back. But and I just listened to podcasts about Winston Churchill. He sounds like a he was an amazing man. So, all right, last one in terms of your career. So just looking at it holistically and you're still in the, in the, in the middle of it, doing such great things. What is one piece of advice you would give the audience? I'm, I'm going to maybe go a different way. I'm going to say, you know, focus on, you know, what are the mistakes and what are the biggest lessons learned? So one of the biggest lessons learned I had was uh, Frank Keeney was a long time, amazing uh, leader at EMC uh, along with uh, Jack Egan, but um, it's kind of, it's really all about your team. So you got to make sure that you over communicate, you coach, uh, you let them know, especially in environments, EMC environments, a lot of us were friends. So you kind of learn the hard way, you know, when you're kind of friends with people, you got to really, you know, lean in and give them that feedback. And if they're not making it, you know, it's, it may be a bummer for them to cut them, but it's kind of all about everybody else. It's all about the team. It's all about the company. So, you know, make those, you know, hard calls early, but make sure, you know, when and if you're letting them go that they say, Hey, I had a fair shot. I know I had to do A, B and C and, and I failed. And uh, in summary, I think you learn so much more from your mistakes than you do your successes. That's great feedback, Randy. And just like uh, Andy Gross says, you're the, you're as a manager, you're the, you're the, some of the output of your team. And so that's exactly what you're saying, but you need to coach them and give them the opportunity to do well, just like you mentioned. Well, Randy, thanks so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, It's been amazing learning from your career and I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. And I have to plug my book, your go-to sales advisor. I've got uh, 90 CRO friends of great tips and tricks. I've got a bunch of great content and a uh, b- bunch of other good, good things in there as well. Love uh, it. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Randy. Appreciate it.